Good morning and welcome to Christ the Cornerstone. Can we stand together this morning? If you're worshiping online, we invite you to join in with us. We're going to open our service today by worshiping Christ, the newborn King. again today we celebrate his resurrection week after week after week every week when we come together on the first day of the week to celebrate all that he's done and we come with joy in our hearts because there's joy in his house amen come on let's lift up praise to the lord today
Come on and give the Lord a shout of praise. You are worthy, O God, to be praised now and forevermore. Hallelujah. And I don't know about you, but when I sing a song like, actually, when I sing any song about worshiping the Lord and giving praise and honor and glory to Him who honor and glory and praise is due, I just can't give Him enough. You ever feel that way? We have come into His house together to give Him praise. And God, we thank You for the privilege today. God, You've seated us today in heavenly places with You with the one who has conquered every situation in our lives, every obstacle in our lives. And God, today we give praise to the champion, the undefeated. And God, we want to honor you today and give you the praise that you deserve because you fight for us and you win for us every single time. so hard to see it took me so long to believe it that you choose someone like me to carry your victory perfection could never earn it you give what we don't deserve you take the broken things and raise them to glory. You are my champion. Giants fall when you stand undefeated. Every battle.
Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And you are my champion. Sing it with us. Giants fall when you stand undefeated. Every battle you won. I am who you say I am. You crown me with confidence. I am seated in the heavenly place. Undefeated by the power, by the power of your name. I am seated in the heavenly place. Undefeat by the power, by the power of your name. I am seated in the heavenly place. Undefeated with the one who has conquered it all. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Good news of the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ is that He wins for us. He wins on our behalf. No weapon that is formed against us will prosper. Now, it didn't say the weapon wouldn't be formed, right? It didn't say that the weapon wouldn't come against us. It said that the weapons that are formed against us and that come against us will not prosper. Now, we were ministering this song yesterday, last night in the, in the 6 o'clock service, and a portion of this song hit me in a very specific way. And it was the second verse of the song. Now I can finally see it. It says, you're teaching me how to receive it. Now, we know that in the context of this song, it's talking about the fact that God wants to use us and that he wins battles on our behalf. But for some reason, when we were singing that song last night, here's what hit me. And that is that many of us are going to sit around tables in the next week with family members who don't care for us. Can we just get real for a second in this room? Family members that are going to sit around the table or people in your life that are going to sit around the table and look down their nose at you. Why? Because you serve God. Why? Because you're not enough. Because you don't live up to their expectations. Because you don't do the things that they want you to do and live the way they want you to live. So here's the key verse. Here's the key phrase that I want you to grab onto with that in mind from this song. So let all the striving cease. This is my victory. Because you are my champion, God. You have made us enough because you are enough. There are some people in our lives that we will just never be enough for. But that's not the case with the God of the universe. Because he wants to have relationship with us and he has made us enough. Because he is enough. We are enough. So I don't know who that's for this morning. I've just felt that this weekend in my heart that somebody needed to hear that. Maybe somebody online. But I just want you to understand today that you are, no matter who you sit across the table from in the next week or the next couple of weeks, you are enough. Because God has made you that way. And it doesn't matter what they say. 
doesn't matter what they think. We are living our lives to please Him. So God, we just ask You today to help us to understand who we are in You. I am who You say I am. I am not who anyone else says I am. I do not have to live up to anyone else's expectations for me because I am pleasing You, God. I am who you say I am. You crown me with confidence. And I am seated in heavenly places, undefeated with the one who has conquered it all. So, God, we just commit ourselves to you today. We thank you for the opportunity to worship. We thank you for your Holy Spirit that we already sense moving here in this place from the very beginning. So, God, we pray that you would continue to move among us. Bless our pastor in a few minutes when he comes to bring the message. Open our hearts that we might receive from you. Speak to us, God, we pray. In Jesus' precious name, and everybody said, amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you. You may be seated. Well, welcome to Christ the Cornerstone. It's good to see everyone today. It's uh, good to have you with us. Uh, there are people that are approaching the stage, and I don't know if I'm going to get... Uh, oh, I forgot to do something. Oh, that's right. It's not Communion Sunday, so we have to... Uh, this is April. She's our kids ministry director. And uh, so if you have kids that are going to go to kids ministry uh, today, they can go with Miss April. Father, we thank you for your blessing on April and her team, and we pray that today as they minister to our kids, uh, God, that you would just overshadow them with your anointing in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you. I'm sorry about that. Forgive me. Wow. Almost the end of the year, and that's my fourth mistake, so thank you for indulging me in that. Yeah, right. Welcome to Christ the Cornerstone. I was a little nervous over here. She was approaching me. I was like, is she going to rush the stage and tackle me or what? It is so good to have you uh, with us today, we just want to welcome you. If you're new today, if it's your first time, or maybe you've only been here a few times to uh, CTC, we want to extend a special welcome to you. And we want to invite you to stop by our Connect Central. It's uh, just in the in the mall and to the left where you see two glass doors. And uh, if you're new, we want you to stop in and pick up a free gift. Or if you've only been here a few times, uh, pick up a free gift. Or we have 687,000 ceramic coffee mugs. So stop by and pick one up and take it home with you and give them as Christmas gifts and just enjoy them. Uh, but if you want to find out anything about the ministries that are happening at Christ the Cornerstone, uh, our Connect Central is the place to do that. So we invite you to stop off uh, on your way out today. Uh, at your tables or, or seated where you are in your chairs, there are some Connect cards that we ask you to fill out whenever you worship with us. And uh, those just help us, of course, to know if you were here and uh, if you have a prayer request or a praise report or something you want to share with us, uh, we would love to, to be able to agree with you in prayer uh, for the things that you're asking God for. So please take a minute and uh, fill that card out. Let us know who's here worshiping with you. And if you have any uh, prayer requests, uh, please let us know uh, on that as well. Let's take a couple minutes now and uh, catch up on some of the things that are happening around our church. Hey everyone, my name is Lynn. Welcome to CTC and thanks for spending part of your weekend with us. 
We have a lot going on at our campuses, so we wanted to take a few minutes and get you caught up. We have finally reached the week of Christmas and we have exciting things planned. Our Bear Campus will host Christmas Eve services at 7 p.m. on December 23rd and 24th. Our Ellesmere Campus will host their Christmas Eve service on December 24th at 7 p.m. With Christmas on a Sunday this year, we have planned a special online-only Christmas presentation. We want everyone to be able to dedicate the day to time spent with family. The program will air on our online campus on Christmas Day at 7, 9, and 11 a.m. and 7, 9, and 11 p.m. Our Ellesmere campus will have an in-person service at 11 a.m. on Christmas Day. On Saturday, December 31st at 6 p.m., our Saturday night service at the Bear Campus will be replaced with a watch night service. It will be a time for us to look back at the things that God did in us in 2022 and to anticipate what he will do in 2023. Pastor Vaughn and the Family Care Ministry team will lead this service. Then on Sunday, January 1st, we will have just one service at 9 a.m. at the Bear Campus. Our Ellesmere Campus will meet for worship at 11 a.m. Christ the Cornerstone is part of the United Methodist Church. Our denomination continues to be in turmoil over key theological issues. After prayerful consideration, CTC's lay elders are unanimously proposing that our best path forward is to disaffiliate from the United Methodist Church. To help the congregation discern our future, our district superintendent, Reverend Joe Archie, will lead an informational meeting on January 5th, 2023 at 7 p.m. at the Bear Campus. Then we ask you to meet and review a video of panelists who discuss the pros and cons of disaffiliation. That video can be reviewed in Ellesmere on Sunday, January 8th at 12.30 p.m. Then we will show it at Bear on January 10th at 7 p.m. Members of CTC will soon receive a letter detailing these and more events about discernment process. Please contact any CTC lay elder or your campus office if you have questions. Thanks for being here today. Our prayer is that you leave feeling encouraged and closer to God. Please let us know if there's anything you need while you're here. You can find more information about all the events happening at our church by going to ctcde.church. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram to stay up to date. Have a great week. Good morning. Great, wonderful to see all of you here this morning. Merry Christmas. A little bit earlier. I hope to see all of you. Later on this week, uh, Friday night or Saturday night, I think that's right, the 23rd and the 24th, 7 o'clock, we'll be having Christmas Eve services here, both of those nights, as you just saw on the video. If you're online, we'll also be broadcasting uh, the Christmas Eve services online. But we'd love to see you here in person. Speaking of being in person, I want to see if you have a hand. Would you raise your hand for me? You got a hand? Oh, come on, I see people who are non-cooperative. If you're online, you can, you can raise a hand too, send a, send a thing or whatever. You got a hand. You got another hand? Stick your hand out like this. Anybody can do that? We need you. 
How about this? Can you do this? Man, welcome. Remember that, remember that Sheldon show when he learns about body language on his little, uh, his little, uh, welcome, not welcome, welcome, not welcome. We want people to feel welcome. Do you have a smile? Let me see your smile. Smile. Come on. Everybody smile. Now, some of you, I can't see your teeth. Come on. I want to see your teeth. Good to hear. We need your smile every week. We need all of us to be welcoming to all people. You know, we say we need, we need greeters at the door, but actually we need, we need everybody to be a greeter every place it's to create this atmosphere at Christ the Cornerstone that we're glad you're here. But it's not just about us being glad you're here. It's about God showing His gladness through you that others are here. There's a, little, there's a sheet of paper on your table or on the, on the end of your row or someplace on your row that gives you an opportunity to serve a little bit longer in the name of Jesus Christ on Christmas Eve. We want to make sure that we've got people at our front doors greeting, shaking, smiling at the people who come in on Christmas Eve. And if you, here's what I'm asking you to do. I want you to Maybe if you need to pray about it, pray about this. God, are you asking me to spend another half hour or maybe 45 minutes before Christmas Eve service just to show up a little early so I can stand at the door? And you know, one of the hard, you know, standing at the door and greeting people is one of the hardest things to do because somebody comes through the door and then they go through. And you want to go walk with them and visit with them, but you can't. Because your job, I give you one job to do. (laughs) Stand there and greet people. Even if nobody's coming through the door, stand there and be ready to greet the next person. We need this in our church. You got a hand? Welcome. You got arms? Give a hug. Got a smile? We need you. So think about that. Fill that out. Turn it into the offering basket uh, as you... Uh, before before you go. Speaking of offering basket, we've got uh, we want to practice that that generosity of sharing our love, but also our resources. So let's read a scripture that teaches us about generosity. And uh, here's our scripture this morning. Let's read this together, would you please? Jesus called his disciples to him and said, "I tell you the truth, this poor widow." has given more than all the others who are making contributions. For they gave a tiny part out of their surplus. But she, poor as she is, has given everything she had to live on. That's generosity. I want to ask Linda... uh, Remember, I remembered your name, Linda. Isn't that nice? We had this conversation earlier that I don't, I don't know. Let's see. We uh, we need a microphone for Linda, please. The the host's microphone can uh, look backstage. Go backstage and see if you can find the microphone back there, Linda. Uh, one of the things that happens and 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 that we've been dealing with as you came into the mall this morning, you saw um, a, a, an extra Christmas tree that had. It had many wooden ornaments on it in the shapes of butterflies and angels. And on those wooden ornaments, people have written the names of people who have passed away, loved ones who have, who have died. 
And uh, one of the difficult things of this season is, especially for people for whom grief is fresh, it's tough. It's hard to find the joy. It's hard to feel the enthusiasm that we once felt when we were with our loved ones sometimes. And it is absolutely a transition that we all have to make at some point in our lives. I want us as Christ the Cornerstone to share in that burden with one another. There are people sitting perhaps right beside you. You don't know anything about their lives, but they may be grieving this season. And they may be here because they're trying to Find this, where is this sense of peace? Where is this sense of comfort? Where is this sense of joy? And I want us to lift them up in prayer. That's what that tree out there is, is for. It's for us as a congregation to say, you're not alone. We're praying for you. We share your grief and we carry that burden with you. Why? Because we love you. Why? Because God loves us all. So that's what that tree is for, and, and, and I want to have a prayer for, for those folks today. And uh, Linda has a poem that she's going to share with us just to remind us of the eternal nature of the life that God gives to us. This is called Eternal Life. Those we love must someday, <clears throat> sorry, must someday pass beyond our present sight, must leave us and the world we know without their radiant light. But we know that like a candle, their lovely light will surely shine to brighten up another place, one more perfect and divine. And in the realm of heaven, where they shine so warm and bright, our loved ones live forevermore in God's eternal light. Thank you, Linda. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father, you are like no earthly father. All of us earthly fathers fail in our task to lead and to love others. But you do not. You give us the model for caring for other, others, whether we're men or women. You show us your constant love. Lord, for those who are remembering loved ones this season, we ask you to lift and lighten the burden of sadness, discouragement, disappointment, loss, emptiness. Jesus, we ask you to fill that empty void with your peace, with your comfort, with your hope, God, shine your light upon those for whom it is difficult to see the light this season. And maybe even just for a moment they can breathe a deep breath that says, ah, there's peace in Jesus. It'll be all right. Thank you, Lord, for binding us together as brothers and sisters. We are not alone. We thank you for your healing. Thank you for the joy. Thank you for the peace. Thank you for the connection that we have with one another. We trust all of this in the name of our Lord and Savior who rose from the dead 
and lives forever. His name is Jesus. I don't know. Either I'm off my nut or he is. Or you are. It isn't me. Well, maybe I left the car up at Martini's. Well, come on, Gabriel. Clarence! Clarence, Clarence. Hey, little fella. You worry me, you know? You you, you got some place to sleep? No. You don't? Huh? Well, you, you got any money? No. No wonder you jumped in the river. I jumped in the river to save you so I could get my wings. Uh-oh. Uh Somebody just made it. Made what? Every time you hear a bell rings, it means that some angel's just got his wings. Come on along, Gabriel. I love that line. I'm not Gabriel. I'm Clarence. And I'm an angel. But I don't have my wings yet. <laughs> so... Uh, I've been surprised at the feedback that I've been getting from you all and, and others uh, during this Christmas season about this season called or the series called Angels, as we're just looking at the the kind of the uh, the side players in the Christmas story, without whom we would not even have a story, and so we're we're grateful. So we're looking we're looking at angels this season. Three weeks ago, we started the series just after Thanksgiving, and we learned the fun one of the functions of God giving angels to us is is to announce, announce. I got here's a message, and we learned that the word angel literally means messenger. And I really wish that we we would we'd stop using the word angel, because we have kind of deified it. Although angels are not deity. Angels are a separate creation from God, created by God, created by Jesus. The book of John, remember, says, In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God. All things were created through them. He was there in the beginning. Who's He? Jesus. So, so angels are a separate creation, and angels are not human beings. We were created separately from angels. We also learned that angels... Are, are, are beings that have a will. And some of the angels have rejected God's purpose and plan for their lives. And they have been cast out of heaven. And they serve because angels were created to be servants, to be messengers. And these angels that have rejected God are going to serve somebody. So they serve evil. Satan is identified as the chief of these angels. We're going to hear the word Satan later in today's Scripture readings. But one of the purposes we learned three weeks ago, that angels are, one of their jobs is to announce. So angels come and they announce. We saw Clarence announcing, telling George Bailey how things are. He had good news. The second thing we learned angels do is they forewarn people. And that, 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 that movie, It's a Wonderful Life, at that point in the movie that we just watched, George has been pulled out of his real life. His, you remember his lip was healed. And they're, 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 they're viewing the world without the presence of George Bailey. He's, he's learning or, or, or he's being warned what it would be like if this world never had you, George Bailey. And what a powerful message for us too. God created you for a specific purpose. 
And the world would not be what it is without you. Now, I mean that in every positive way. (laughs) Although we all know, oh, man, the things that I've done. Maybe even to other people. Maybe we'll come back to that later. But to forewarn us. We learned last week that angels come and guide us. This is exactly what Clarence was doing. He was guiding George Bailey through his life. And angels come. God sends angels to us to guide us. And I've said this many times. The point is not the angel. The point is the message that the angels come to bring. And we've got to pay attention to the point, not to the messenger. So today we get to the fourth um, uh, role that angels play. And angels instruct us. Angels give us clear instructions. Although we looked at that story of Balaam a couple weeks ago. (laughs) and, and, And Balaam did not get the instructions. But his donkey did. Remember that one? We had the puppets. That was fun. I want us to look at the book of Zechariah from the Old Testament this morning. Zechariah was, was a prophet sent by God. He was a human being called by God who was given a message. He was a human messenger. But he also, in, in the book of Zechariah, he has this vision. Now, Zechariah lived... Let's see, we're we're in the year 2020. So about 2,540 years ago. That's a long time. 520 B.C., if I did my math right. That's 2,540 years from this year. Zechariah was walking on this earth just like you and me. He was a real person. God called him. And said, I have a message for you to give. Now, Zechariah was given messages to give to the people of Israel who had been suffering for a very long time. The city of Jerusalem had been destroyed long ago. The conquering nation this time was the the Persian uh, Empire, ruled by the first Persian king whose name was Darius. And you can look at extra biblical, you can look at sources outside of the Bible and learn about the Persian Empire and about Darius. I'm not getting this information from the Bible. This information is coming from outside of the Bible sources. And Zechariah, we do get the information of Zechariah, but he lived at a particular and a real time. And so God, the the Persians had conquered Israel. And when they conquered it, they destroyed the city and every city in the nation of Israel. They literally tore it to the ground. The stone walls came down. The temple came down. The gold was removed. Anything, anything of any value was taken to the, to the capital of Persia. And then they came back and they started grabbing people. And they took the smartest, they took the scientists, they took the best carpenters, they took the best, oh, what do you call it when you're chiseling? Sculptors. (laughs) Whatever. Okay, words. I'm a preacher. I work with words. Sometimes they don't come. They took the, the, the wisest people. They took the youngest. They took the strongest for the armies. They took the prettiest women to serve in the Persian harem. 
to serve them. And they left everybody who was useless to fend for themselves in this destroyed city. And this was the occasion of the people of Israel for hundreds of years. They were living like this. So to help them, God would send messengers to them with two messages. And this is, you can look at all the prophets, and this is generally speaking the message that they have to send. One is, God is angry with you because you have disobeyed God. And the second message is, God loves you <laughs> and has hope for you and, has, and will restore you, but you've got to turn around and follow God. That's, the, that's, in general, the message of all the prophets in the Old Testament. So Zechariah is one of them. So let's look at Zechariah chapter 3. And in the book of Zechariah, he has, he has a vision in which he sees three angels. And we're going to come in chapter 3 and read about the third uh, angel that he encounters. This is Zechariah chapter 3, starting with verse 1. It says, he's having this vision in which he sees an angel, and it says, The angel showed me Jeshua the high priest. Who's the high priest? The high priest is this person who is at the top of the, this is the top of the religion of Judaism. And and it is his job to be the intercessor, the go-between between the people and God. And so in his vision, Jeshua is the high priest, and the angel of the, the the angel showed me who's me Zechariah the high priest the high priest was standing before the angel of the lord and with him was the accuser satan remember what i said about satan earlier the accuser he's also given that descriptive name the accuser and the the accuser satan was there at the angel's right hand standing before God, and Satan was making accusations against Jeshua, the high priest. This high priest, God, is worthless. This high priest, God, sinned. This high priest had an affair. This high priest stole money. This high priest killed somebody. This high priest, whatever the sins were, the high priest. Scandal, like we have in America. How can anybody at that place do that kind of thing? Well, they do it because just like you and me, they're human. And look what the Lord said to Satan. The Lord spoke to Satan and says, I, the Lord, reject your accusations. Satan. Yes, the Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebukes you. We sang a song earlier today that had the word chosen in it. You have been chosen by God. You have a purpose for all your life. Don't let the accuser destroy or distract you from the purpose that God has for you. Because here's, here's Israel, and I know that this is, this is a model, this is a symbol of what God is doing for all of humanity. To restore us each to the purpose. To restore us as a community to the purposes for which God has created us. Which is good. Which is loving. Which is just. 
Because God is a righteous and a just God. So, it says, yes, the Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebukes you. Get away, Satan. That's not a bad phrase for you to learn to say when you're up against evil in your own life. The Lord who has chosen me to live a life of holiness as God is holy rebukes you, Satan. Get away. You might want to say that now and then. <laughs> it's powerful. Next verse, next word says, This man, referring to Jeshua, is like a burning stick that has been snatched from the fire. What is a burning stick? Yeah, we got a campfire here. A little kid comes along, like me. I mean, I was I was probably mm, 10, 11 years old. We moved onto a new uh, onto a new farm. Uh, we had probably 40 acres of old, 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 old apple trees. And we needed the land for something else. So Dad started chopping down the apple trees. They had somebody came and took the good wood, the good apple wood that could be salvaged, but he left all the brush, all the little things. And we piled all that brush. It was 40 acres or so. And imagine this. It was probably more than that because the field that is next is between our church and the next farm is, is only 25 acres. So twice as much of that land just filled with or, uh, apple trees cut down the stumps pulled out, all of it piled together. So here's an eight, ten foot pile of brush. And then, and then over here's another one. And then over here's another one. Every day after school during that season, my job was to come home and burn brush. What a beautiful task to give to an 11 year old boy. <laughs> Roger, set this pile of wood on fire. <laughs> But don't let it get out of control. Control it. So that was, that was fun. So, so I stick a stick in this bonfire, and i got a bonfire here and a bonfire there and a bonfire there. I mean, this is fun. Until <laughs> the smoke gets in my eyes and I cry. When I pull that stick out of the fire, what's it going to look like? Might look like a torch. The flame will go out. What have I got left? A charred, hard, useless stick of wood. That's what Satan wants to do to Jeshua. Jeshua, Satan's trying to prove to God that this man that you have called is worthless, is no good. He doesn't do what you want him to do. He can't do what you want him to do, so cast him away with me. Don't let Satan convince you that that's what you're worth. Because you are worth so much more than a dried up, burnt, charred stick. So scripture says in this vision, the man is like a burning stick that has been snatched from the fire. Now, Jeshua's, because of that, Jeshua's clothing was filthy as he stood before the angel. That's also, that's also what the devil does. He just throws mud at us. And I, I grew up on a farm, and I've had more than mud thrown at me. He was filthy. And so the angel said, standing there, hearing what God has said. The angel says to the others, and I don't know who the others are, take off his filthy clothes. Oh, you're going to be naked. Oh, no. Turning to Jeshua, he said, see, I have taken away your sins. I have cast off 
the ugliness of your unholiness. It is as if it was burned up in the fire, but your clothes still had the image of that sinfulness. We're going to get rid of it. Remember the words from 2 Corinthians that Paul writes, Those who are in Christ Jesus, who is our Jesus, is our high priest, just like Jeshua is. Jesus is our high priest. Paul says, those who are in Christ become new persons. The old is gone. And the new has come. And the angel, this is not a new idea to the Apostle Paul in the New Testament. Because the angel declares, see, I have taken away your sins, speaking for God. And now I am giving you these fine new clothes. If God has given you new clothes to live in, why would you go back to the closet to pull out the old dirty ones? Don't. Live in the new clothes. Live as the one who has become a new person. And then I love this part, verse 5. Zechariah, seeing this vision, decides to jump into the action. He speaks up. I had a couple dreams last night. I had a little restless night last night. I don't understand why. I had, uh, but my dreams were, kept waking me up. I said, stop it. Go back to bed. And I remember in some of those dreams, I was taking action. And so here's, here's Zechariah in his vision, taking action. And Zechariah speaks out and says, not just new clothes. He's the high priest. So they should also place a clean turban on his head. The sign of his role. And so they put a they, they listened to Zechariah's instruction. I love that. God is ready to listen to our ideas. So they put a clean priestly turban on his head and dressed him in new clothes while the angel of the Lord stood by. Then the angel of the Lord spoke very solemnly to Jeshua and said, This is what the Lord of heaven's armies says. If you follow my ways and carefully serve me, then you will be given the authority over my temple and its courts. You see, the high priests came from the line of Aaron, the family descendants of Aaron. They were born into the role. But God saying to them, you must follow my ways if you want to accomplish the purpose for which I have created you. And then he says, I will let you walk among these others standing here. I have no idea who he's referring to with these others. He says, listen to me, O Jeshua the high priest, and all you other priests. You are symbols of things to come. You are symbols... The rest of the world will know who I am and what I am doing because of you. Or the rest of the world will not know who I am and what I am doing because of you. That's powerful. You are the symbols of things to come. Soon I am going to bring my servant, the branch, capital B. has to be referring to Jesus. Now, remember I told you that Zechariah was having this vision around the year 520 B.C. 
Now, according to our calendar, there's another 520 years before we begin to see Jesus coming around. And then the angel says, Now look at the jewel I have set before Jeshua. A single stone with seven facets. I will engrave an inscription on it, says the Lord of heaven's armies, and I will remove the sins of this land in a single day. What day did Jesus die? Did it take him longer than a day to die? And why did Jesus die? Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Amen. And on that day, says the Lord of Heaven's army, each each of you, will invite your neighbors. Come, my neighbor. Come, my friend. Pastor Bill referenced getting together as families and friends this week. And he said, oh, there comes so-and-so. Come. Sit peacefully under your own grapevine. And fig tree. Where's your grapevine? Where's your fig tree? These are images in a hot Middle Eastern day. Where are you going to go to be cooled down? You're going to find some shade under a fig tree that's got great big wide leaves, under a grapevine that's spread over. What do they call that thing that stands up? doesn't have a roof on it. A trellis, an arbor, but it, you, you, you put tables under it, and it's not a gazebo, it's a pagoda. No, what would you say? Pergola, that's the word. <laughs> you got your pergola with a wisteria on it, or the grapevines, or something that creates shade in the summertime, and you invite your friends to come peacefully when God removes the sin of the world which He has already done in Jesus Christ. We have a place for refreshment. We have a place for peace. And we're living in it, church. But He's asking us to live it as He guides us. Follow my instructions. Here are three things that I want us to take from this. I said angels are here to instruct us. So here are three instructions. The first thing, the angels instruct us who God is. And in this passage, we see that God is slow to anger. God is abounding with steadfast love. He, God is forgiving. God is merciful. God is kind. How do we see that in this? We see it when God takes our, God becomes our advocate. Just as Jeshua is standing there with Satan making his accusers, accusations, God says to Satan, get away. This is the man that I have chosen to, for my purposes. I know what he has done. I forgive him and I take away his sins. Satan, be gone. Put new clothes on this man that he may do what I need him to do. That's forgiving. That's loving giving a new start. The messengers instruct us that God is slow to anger 
He abounds in steadfast love. He is forgiving, merciful, and kind. Secondly, the angels, these messengers, instruct us what God will do for us. God will forgive us. I take away your sins. And then God will restore us. Put on the new clothes. The old, those who are in Christ Jesus, the old person is gone. The new has come. Live it. He will rebuild our spirits. He will rebuild our families. Scripture says that in that day, I will turn the hearts of the Father towards their children and the children towards their fathers. We need reconciliation in this world. And it comes through faith in Jesus Christ. And God will also do for us, making us a symbol to the rest of the world of the things to come. Peace. Forgiveness. So how can we be restored to this? This is where the if clause comes. If you will follow my instructions, then my purpose in you will be fulfilled. See, the condition is not to earn the forgiveness God forgives us by faith through His graciousness. But the condition comes afterwards to live the life that He has purposed for us to live. So do as God instructs through His messengers to follow His ways. Just like last week we talked about the ways that God teaches us through Scripture, through others, through whatever. Do as God teaches us. And through us, others, this is God's plan for us, individually, corporately as the body of Christ, that the world may experience God's life-changing love through faith in Jesus Christ. What are you here for? You're here to follow God. You're here to live the purpose that God has for you. Have you gotten, have you, have you lost focus of that? Uh, is God perhaps saying to you right now, where'd you go? Why, why, why are you that stick still burning in the fire? Let me pluck you out and renew you. As we, as we pray this morning, this, this is the invitation to, to, to confess your one, sins, two, your trust in Jesus Christ. And just as the high priest, Zechariah, no, Jeshua, sorry, (laughs) became this symbol, God fulfilled that in Jesus for all people, for all time. Do you believe it? Will you trust it? And then God holds us accountable to follow it. We've got to follow it. So there's several things that we could confess. Maybe we could. Some of us need to confess. God, I've never trusted you. I've heard. I've believed about you. I believed, but I've but I've never committed myself to do as you instruct us to do. Lord, help me. Maybe you. May
made that decision long ago, but you found yourself neglecting the instructions God has given to us. And you're finding yourself once again lost, charred, burnt up, soiled. Jesus washes us clean from all of our sinfulness. Where are you today? It's Christmas. Christmas Eve services are a beautiful time, one, for us to experience personally that peace that Christ gives to us, that, that refreshment. So come sit under the great leaves with Jesus. Then call out to your neighbor. Say, hey, neighbor, come on. Let's gather together. And, and maybe this roof here, we can see it as a grape leaf, a grapevine that's giving us a place of spiritual, physical, emotional, social refreshment. Let's be the people God calls us to be. I invite us to stand together as we sing. The altar area here is, platform area is open if you want to come and kneel. And I encourage you to, to, to come. You know, sometimes we don't have words. We just sense, God, I need, I need to spend some time with you. And sometimes our bodies can do that when our words can't. And, and it's not magic, but it's, it's, it's just a physical thing that, that we can do at times. So I encourage you. And if, and if you want to pray here alone, when if somebody comes up to you and says, can I pray for you? Just, just say, no, I'm good. Thank you. But if you want them to pray with you, go ahead and say, yeah, I would like that. And they'll just say a, a brief prayer with you and then they'll move on. But you can stay here as long as you want. I know that you can sit at your seat or stand at your table and, and pray there just as equally, but sometimes we need to get our body in on the action. So let's sing and let's pray. We worship you, Lord. We invite you to come and pray. Let's kneel before the Lord. Go to one of the prayer stations. Thank you, Lord. Who was? 
sing praise to the King of Kings. You are my everything, and I will adore you. thank you for the ways that you speak to us. Lord, we pray that as we go from this place today, that your Holy Spirit would go with us and lead us into this week. Lead us into the encounters that we will have with family and friends and, and co-workers and, and, and all the stress that happens during the Christmas season. Lord, let us know. Let us know, God, that you are with us. We thank you and we praise you. We're going to continue to worship up here for a few minutes. When you need to go, you can go. The altar is still open for prayer. Prayer stations are still open. God bless you. Thank you for worshiping with us.